0: And if there is a movie that needs to be covered on this podcast because it is either horrible or excellent, henceforth and now shall ever be said, we're going to motz that joint. (laughs) Hello and welcome to Movies on the Side. This is Stephen Robles. And this is Nate Baranowski. And this is a mystery podcast. And the goal is... Find out who got the massage in Mexico. It
1: was me. No, you can't give it away. Oh. Why you, you give it away? <laughs> oh, I, I'm God. sorry. It was one of us. It was Steven. The mystery's over. We talked about what it was like getting a first
0: massage. That's right. You got a massage in Mexico. Mexico. Yep. I'm not sure what country that is. I'm talking about <laughs> it's a different Mexico. One. Yeah, it's a different country. You got a massage in Mexico, as I thought I was picking you up from another person's house, and we talk about that whole ordeal. Right. And then uh, we do some nostalgia, talk about video games, and uh, yeah.
1: Well, we sort of petered off until we got to here, didn't we?
0: Yeah, that's exactly right, but (laughs) this is is not going to peter off. We crossfaded into this episode. That's right. Yeah, It was a long crossfade, very slow-moving crossfade, but... I am saying it was Colonel Mustard with the candlestick in the library. Steven, why are we
1: talking about mysteries so much?
0: Well, Nate, that's because this week's movie, the 2019 murder mystery film, Knives Out. Knives Out. Knives Out. Is that how You, you got to say it like that, right? Knives Out.
1: Steven. Yes. Listeners. Everyone. Mm-hmm. If you have not seen this movie, I usually mm. don't care about spoiling a movie for other people. If you have not seen this movie, I would recommend not listening to this podcast yet.
0: Wait a minute. Now, wait a minute, Nate. Can't we Steven's talk about Steven's all worried
1: it? about our Apple podcast numbers, but what I'm saying is I'm playing the long con with you listeners. They've already downloaded it if they're hearing us now. Oh, yeah. Never mind. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Great. You're doing great. <laughs> now, go watch Knives Out because we're about to talk about this. And there are some twists and turns in this movie. Mm. And I don't, uh, there are actual spoilers in this podcast.
0: Yes, there will be literal spoilers. But Knives Out, let me tell you, you should go see it. <laughs> hey, uh, spoiler alert, it's really good. It is, <laughs> it is a very good movie. Nate, did you see this with your significant other? I did indeed. As did I, Nate. And well, maybe when we get to the end, I'll, I'll talk about uh, Whitney's impressions of the movie. <laughs>
1: Excellent. So do your do your intro thing, Stephen. Do your thing you do.
0: Knives Out, this is a murder mystery film starring some huge names like Daniel Craig, Chris Evans, Jamie Lee Curtis, Michael Shannon. Don Johnson is in this movie. Incredible cast. But this movie might be the highest Rotten Tomatoes score we have ever seen on Movies on the Side. This movie got a 97 critic score on Rotten Tomatoes. And ninety-two audience satisfaction. Mm-hmm. I I don't I could be wrong, but I think that is the highest score of any Mott's movie. Also, this past week we were talking about movies that we need to do on this podcast because we got some great recommendations from our listeners, new and faithful listeners, which we love you all. And now, Mott's, I hereby declare, I do declare I do declare. Can do declare, mots is a verb now. And if there is a movie that needs to be covered on this podcast because it is either horrible or excellent, henceforth and now shall ever be said, we're gonna mots that joint.
1: <laughs> he says with all the confidence he can muster, absolutely, desperately hoping this takes on.
0: Oh, it's taken on, Nate. I've already uh, spread it amongst uh, you know some of our current listeners. Let me just say. Okay. We're going to motz that joint.
1: You're an influencer. (laughs) I wouldn't go that far.
0: But anyway, uh, do you remember when clout score was a thing? This is a Patreon-type question, but I just have to ask. Do you remember clout scores? I've never
1: heard of that in my life.
0: Clout with a K, K K-L-O-U-T, used to be a website that you can log in with your Facebooks and your Twitter's uh, accounts, and you could be given a numeric score of your level of influence it would be your clout score.
1: Oh, that is maddening. That, I mean, and I hope that this <laughs> this site is gone.
0: You want to talk about dystopian future.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. People used to like I'm Pretty sure there's a Black Mirror episode about this.
0: There absolutely is. There used to be, you know, people used to tout their clout scores, try saying that five times fast, mm. on their uh, you know, like personal websites. Anyway, it is a defunct service now.
1: I am so happy that the people in my circles mm-hmm. the reason i don't know about this cloud score is that no one ever flaunted their cloud score at me mm. which means that i've been put in a wonderful position surrounded by great people anyway.
0: <laughs> it means you're winning mate yeah you're legitimately <laughs> you winning yes so knives out it's a murder mystery about this rich family the Thromby family <laughs> Thromby, and the Father figure, Harlan Thrombey, played by Christopher Plummer, who did an excellent job in this movie. The movie starts with Harlan Thrombey being found dead, presumed suicide, Mm -hmm. family awaiting their inheritance. right? And then a secondary interrogation. They're all brought to their mansion, to the Thrombey estate, and they are questioned by the cops and enter the character Daniel Craig. Benoit Blanc. Benoit Blanc. Nate? It's a little early for a corner, but I want to get to it. <laughs> I know right the corner. Now.
1: I'm already here. We are in accent corner, Nate. My name is Benoit Blanc. I can't even do. <laughs> there is a <laughs> hole in the middle of this donut.
0: That was the most I laughed in the movie when he when he said, "I thought there was a donut hole in the middle of this donut, but there's actually just a smaller donut in the larger donut, and there's still a hole in the middle."
1: That's very good. Well done.
0: I try. I was trying
2: but we must look a little closer and when we do we see the donut hole has a hole in its center it is not a donut hole but a smaller donut with its own hole
0: daniel craig is a very very british man nate (laughs) he literally plays 007 he is literally from england and when he opened his mouth for the first time in this movie surprising wasn't it i might have done a spit take i might have been eating
1: a sandwich at the time maybe some ice cream but it was all over the place i said what i have seen daniel craig do a non-british accent i believe one time no twice before Mm. in logan lucky i believe he had like a u.s southern okay okay And then, I believe, in one of the Laura Croft movies, maybe the first Tomb Raider movie, he had just a plain American accent, I think. I cannot say. But let me assure you this. My presence will be ornamental. So let me tell you something. I was at first bothered by it. And maybe not so much bothered by it, but enraptured by it. I was... I I couldn't stare anywhere else than at his mouth and at the sounds coming out of it. It's much like a train wreck. But by the end of the movie, I no longer thought about it. Yeah. Whether it was good or whether it was bad, it worked. It ended up working because he committed so hard to it. I don't know necessarily the kind of either Gnarlins or just a Deep South drawl kind of thing he was going for. I don't know the accent well enough to know if it was good. Yeah. But it did not waver. And the fact that it didn't fluctuate out, he didn't give me some Brit slips along the way, Mm, made it blend into his character. Mm -hmm. Also, Daniel Craig in this movie looks a little bit soft and old mm-hmm. in a way that made me go, this guy cannot be James Bond as well. Right. But I think that's just the way he acted. Like, And maybe he put on like a few pounds for it, and then he kind of trims up for James Bond again. But he walked and talked like a man who was truly kind of a past-his-prime detective guy. I uh, Yes, I totally agree. I believed him. He
0: was actually endearing as this cop. Yeah, I just loved watching him and hearing him talk. (laughs) He was so funny at times. There's a scene later in the movie when Marta is in the laundromat and dealing with Mm Fran dying and all that. And he's like listening to a song on his headphones and singing. And then when he sees the ambulance pull up behind him, he like gets out of the car real quick. Like it was slightly clumsy, but
1: funny. And I don't know, he did a great job. I wasn't sure where his character was going to go because they could have kind of turned it into buffoonish. Right. Or like the fact that he was truly was brilliant, uh, kind of a Hercule Poirot type, Uh, but thinking back to my Agatha Christie knowledge, Mm. at the same time being a little bit goofy, maybe more goofy than a Poirot, more affable than a Sherlock. Mm. I thought it was interesting and I liked it. I agree. Is he the one that says mistruthin'? There's some
0: mistruthin' going on around here.
1: You have a regurgitative
2: reaction to mistruthin'.
1: <laughs> did they pump up the blues of his eyes or are his eyes really that blue? I felt like they were brilliantly blue.
0: Did you notice that at all? I did notice that. There was a couple times where the camera caught his eyes in a certain way and I was like, are his eyes steel? right is that that straight steel yeah it was hard to to tell but they look steel great yeah it might be blue steel i love how in the interrogation scenes as the family members are coming in whenever they start getting off the rails he leans over the piano and hits a piano key yes (laughs) and then eventually one of the family members is like why are you here
1: it was so good okay let's talk here's what we should do I'm figuring out how we're going to go about talking about this movie. Okay, please. Let's just run through the family characters because <laughs> they're all great in their own way. I mean, some more than others, but let's just cruise through them. Yes. And not not necessarily talk about plot, but just like their portrayals. Sound good? Sounds great. All right.
0: I think we should leave Marta and Ransom last. Yes.
1: Agree. Very good. Let's start with Jamie Lee Curtis <laughs> as Linda. <laughs> And her husband, played by Don Johnson, Richard. Can I just say, I was a big Nash Bridges fan. Oh, really? I have no reference. I have no reference whatsoever.
0: The, the TV show Nash Bridges? Nope. Oh, man. Don Johnson was Nash Bridges. It was like a cop show back in the maybe late 90s or whatever. Anyway. He was also Miami Vice, wasn't he? Uh, yes. Yes, he was Miami Vice. But for, for some reason, I know him from... Nash Bridges. Nash Bridges, which it is in his IMDb. I was just confirming that I was right. I for, did not realize this was actually Don Johnson. For some reason, I didn't make that connection until just now. I see his name on IMDb. But anyway, Jamie Lee Curtis, her facial expressions and reactions
1: and line delivery. Both her and Don Johnson are amazing in this movie. Yes. I have to, no, we can't talk too much about the the script because i think all of this is a brilliant script the the juxtaposition between her basically being like i'm not going to talk about this family and she has this sort of false sense of nobility while also being petty herself and then it cuts to richard her husband just spilling all the tea to the detectives and just (laughs) gossiping and like she's like you're not going to bait me and he's just like you know a little bit more dumb right than her and he's just gabbing
0: it was and at the very end when she reads the letter from her deceased father yes outing the affair that he was having the look that she gives him with the cigarette just hanging out of her mouth and the realization that he comes to that she now knows
1: listen that was a moment every one of these characters uh, other than maybe marta has this sort of foolishness which i love when movies are so smart in their script that like they show like most of the times people are petty and they think they're the heroes but they're not really the heroes when jamie lee curtis and don johnson talking to ransom Mm -hmm. and they're talking about how he's not going to get anything and how they're like happy he got cut out and like oh this is going to be good for you right they try to do what they think good parents should do like, but you can tell they've been enabling him their whole lives. And they're also pretty messed up. Yes. So good.
0: There's also the conversation. I don't know if it's after the funeral or something, but the family, most of the family's like sitting on those couches and they start talking about immigrants. Basically. Yes. Don Johnson just makes the most cringy comments and even calls Marta over also a hilarious bit throughout the movie. They keep saying she's
1: from a different country right no family member knows where she's from just a biting commentary on it. it's like oh yeah and and they they keep referring to her like she's part of the family part of the family but then when you find out no she's not really part of the family they just no. love saying that feel good about it marta arlen's caregiver good girl hard worker family's from ecuador
0: family's from paraguay from uruguay but you did it right michael shannon <laughs> who is Walt (laughs) Thrummy. He's so good at this movie too. And the one scene that really comes to mind is when he confronts Marta outside of her house as she is attempting to escape the press. He is so
1: intimidating. And they use that cane as like a...
0: Yes, the editing (laughs) with the cane hitting the floor and it is so terrifying.
2: Oh, this isn't about you. You're missing the point. We don't want to attack you with this, but Martin, your mother came into the country illegally, criminally, and you come into this inheritance with all the scrutiny that
1: entails. You remember when we made that list of people who like are typically bad guys? Right, yes. Michael Shannon might be long on, on one of those lists.
0: He really does. Wasn't he Zod in Man of Steel?
1: I think so, yes. He's got that look
0: <laughs> and that personality.
1: But it, But kind of a sort of a dejected figure at different times in this movie. Right. His wife, who is not in it very long, does not have a lot of lines. This is kind of around. Right, right. She is also great. She'll kind of come in every once in a while. Anyway, Michael Shannon is great. All right. What about the, their kid, Jacob, who's on his oh, phone all the goodness. time? <laughs> <laughs> which they call him a Nazi the whole time, which is why somewhat funny. Yeah, what, I don't think I got that, that tie-in. Were they talking earlier about how he's on some sort of forums or something?
0: Yes, and the, he gets accused of being alt right and a couple other things, and so they just offhand just oh. call him a Nazi periodically. So <laughs> like when they're talking about the will and they're trying to find out how to get around the inheritance. Yes. And he Googles something and he's like, Oh, what about the uh
2: Undue influence. Yeah, undue influence. How about that? Huh? Did you just Google that? No, look to... at
0: Side note that lawyer was hilarious too. <laughs> Do you know who that lawyer was? I see him now on the IMDb as Frank Oz.
1: Do you know who Frank Oz is? Do you even know, Steven? Well, I just went to his IMDb. Click and on I saw, that
0: name. I saw Fozzie. He is also
1: the voice of Yoda. What? He is Yoda. Oh, my goodness. And about a bajillion Muppets and Bert from Sesame Street.
0: Oh, my goodness, Nate. I had no idea. You did not even know. I didn't know. Wow. He's just a normal guy. Frank Oz. Man, that's something to have your last name as Oz. But inside him sits Yoda, yes. You're going to hear about it for that impression. Amazing. Having the last name of Oz, too, that's pretty, that's pretty baller.
1: But anyway. Technically not his real name. Oh, is that a, is that a pseudonym? Uh, that's, a, that's a shortened one for Hollywood. I think it's Osnowitz uh. is his.
0: Oh. That's cool, too. He should have stuck with Osnowitz. <laughs> anyway, Laura was hilarious. Michael Shannon was terrifying. Tony Collette, played by Joni Thromby.
1: Oh, man.
0: She, first of all, she has some very strong features. Like, she, like every time she's on camera, they're like way up on her face. They definitely, yes. They played that up. Everything's close, 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 close. Very close. But there is the scene where she is talking to her dad.
1: Technically her father in law. Oh, that's right. She married into the family. She
0: married into the family and then her husband died, right? Right. Right, that's right. She took her father-in-law. And, yeah,
1: and they have the daughter. Right.
0: Christopher Plummer has found out that she's double dipping. Like, the money that he's sending for his granddaughter's college, she's pocketing some and then there's also, like, a deposit going to the school. A cringy scene. And so, like... <laughs> oh,
1: man. Yeah, but she does great. There are some, cr- there are some cringy ones in this movie. If if you listener gets cringed out easily, you're going to want to like look away from the TV, not from like any like visual gag, but there are some uncomfortable situation.
0: Yes. And there's also her daughter, Meg Thrumby, played by Catherine Langford. There's the one scene where she calls Marta and, you know, cause they were supposedly friends this whole time, you know, and I think Marta felt supported right. by this daughter character, but then she calls Marta and basically tries to convince her to give up the inheritance. And it feels so dirty because it's like, wait a minute, I thought she was on Marta's side. And once they hang up the phone, you see her turn and the whole family is just staring at her because they were all right, probably pressured into her, pressured her into yeah, trying to convince Marta. But man, that was such a good scene. Well, let's just also mention the detectives. Not Daniel Craig, but the other two. <laughs> Lieutenant oh, yeah. Elliot and I don't know the other one's name.
1: The other guy was good. He doesn't make the and, first yeah. page of IMDb badly. No,
0: but he has. The, he always has that recording going, and he's kind of like geeking out over the the murder mystery stories. Yes, uh, both those detectives were
1: great, just in their supporting roles. What an assembly of characters that somehow work off of each other! Like, no matter who is assembled in the scene, the dynamics are a lot of fun. Yes, like for example, when Chris Evans arrives and the the other guy said like we are the law or something like we are right <laughs> and gets all kind of up in arms at it and oh wait i see great nana what about great nana oh yeah we have to mention hers <laughs> that's like the one time whitney and i laughed every
0: time she came on screen just her stoic Just doesn't talk <laughs> her stoic face just cold just not moving it was hilarious perfect oh man and there's even there's even the moment where i don't forget who says it but like we don't even know how old she is because she's yeah. <laughs> christopher Plummer's supposed to be christopher Plummer's mother
1: i think she's i think one of the detectives said like great nana harlan's mom hi nana my mom nana what? how old is she we have no idea <laughs>
0: That's right. There's a scene where Michael Shannon goes up to her and he's like, Are you hungry, nanny?
2: Dinner to eat? To eat? Walt. Nana.
0: Walt, she's fine. She ate the entire salmon spread already.
1: Oh, she's good. I
0: I also just want to talk about Christopher Plummer for a second. Mm. Even as a deceased character in this movie, he's in it a lot because we have a lot of flashbacks. He is great in all his scenes, especially. The scene with him and Marta, Mm -hmm. I just love the interactions between him and Marta. You actually, in those few moments, start to love him as a character, and you're like, wow, this is a
1: really good dude. It's a shame that he actually has a heart. Right. I'm so
2: old. old. Really love drama,
1: huh?
2: (laughs) Okay, let's do this nine by nine. Right. You ready? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
0: But you do feel for him, like man, it's a shame his family is all a bunch of spoiled brats, you know. Right, and, and exactly. He actually seems like a decent guy. Marta, Marta is played by played by Anna Anna de Armas. Anna de Armas, which I have to say, I just clicked her IMDb, and I was like, do I have the right person? Was she in this movie? Because whatever that IMDb picture is still does not look like
1: this. It. Yeah, it does not look like she does in this movie. But she is so good in this movie. She's going to be in the new James Bond movie, the new No Time to uh, Die. Oh. Coming out this year with Daniel Craig. Interesting. Well, she does
0: great in this movie. I believe her every second and the whole throwing up every time she lies thing. is hilarious. <laughs> it's a great plot
1: device. It is. It really is. I definitely early on in the movie, I thought they were going to set up everyone as a suspect. I thought everyone was going to have a reason to like want harlan dead right so i thought this movie takes a different path than the typical mystery right which i find so refreshing because we find out in the first 45 minutes the actual him dying right like we see that scene now we don't have all the pieces connected right but we see that scene and we find out like oh no she doesn't this was maybe an accident she thinks she mixed the meds up because they're labeled. Right. She thought she'd give him all this morphine. Uh, and she wants to have him you know, call the ambulance and get help. Right. And he decides to. she needs to kind of get out of the scrape. Otherwise, her mom will be deported. Which is, I love how
0: the movie did that. You know, Halfway through, we know how it happens, but we still don't have all the details. And even at the end, we still have the reveal that she actually didn't poison him with the morphine right because she was so good at telling the medicine apart it brings an added sadness like oh like she thought she killed him this whole time he actually could still be alive today right if he would have just waited for an ambulance and all that kind of stuff so it's just so good that whole thing but anyway marta just does a great job
1: she is great and she becomes more and more lovable along the way and even when she's trying to like deceive daniel craig benoit blanc right it's still in a funny sort of way and you're kind of cheering for her. Right.
0: And they have that car chase.
1: That was the dumbest car chase of all time.
0: And I love just the interactions between Daniel Craig and her. I think the whole movie, they have great chemistry.
1: Yes. And uh, you'll
0: yeah, be really curious to see them in, in the new James Bond movie too. Oh,
1: do you think they're going to be romantic interests? I think so.
0: Which is oh, going to be weird. It's going to be weird. <laughs> it will. Yeah. Chris Evans. I wasn't sure how much Captain America would come through. Uh huh. And I got none. I was totally in it with him in this movie as this spoiled. He's a
1: jerk in this movie. Yes,
0: he's a total jerk and does a great job at being a jerk and is, yeah, also great in this movie.
1: This is what Granddad wanted for you. I mean,
0: think about what he did to go through with this. He wanted this for himself, he wanted this for the family. Let me help you go all the way.
1: Here's how he pulls this role off so well because, okay. If you haven't left by now, I guess you're okay uh, spoiling things. Right. (laughs) You're still here. This is your last chance. So we find out that Chris Evans is really the bad guy. Bad, bad guy. Right. He pulls off the character so well because he's such a good-looking, charming guy that the character, throughout the movie, I was like, oh, I think he's going to be the bad guy. I think he's going to be the bad guy. He definitely calls the help, the help right. sort of thing, which is like bad. When you call your the person serving your house, the help, it's like, okay, you're a bad dude. Right. The dogs don't like you. There are all sorts of signs like you are bad. Right. But he has those moments where he's kind of charming in the bar and he she confesses all to him. Right, And you can think like, oh, maybe he is. Maybe he's a jerk, but maybe he's not a killer. Maybe he's just like really wants to help her out. Right. But kind of in for himself enough charm came through that you're like, oh, okay, maybe he's not bad. Right. Oh, he is.
0: Yeah, it was tough to know, though. And then the final scene, my goodness, when he goes to stab Marta, <laughs> I wasn't sure how that was going to go. Right. I had no
1: idea. I was like, surely they can't have her die right here, but but yeah. Yeah, but there is so much of like unknown going into it that I thought, oh, maybe she will die or something. I don't know.
0: Yeah, it was hard to know. Anyway, he was great. Two scenes I just want to mention quickly when they're reading the will, and then shortly after it, it is incredible scenes, especially especially when Chris Evans like starts laughing and then like calling everybody out. Uh-huh. That was hilarious and then the other line I want to mention, Christopher Plummer is telling Marta how to get away with it right and he's he's telling her where to turn off the main road. Right. To avoid the security cameras. And he's like, it's before the elephant statue. And then she's like, are you sure? He's like, it's, maybe it's after.
2: <laughs> Wait, was it before or after?
0: After the carved elephant.
2: No, he said before.
0: Was it? The after for the carved elephant. <laughs> that's,
2: like, that's
0: one of the funniest lines. I laughed. I laughed out loud. It was really funny. Yes.
1: I thought halfway through, I was the annoying person that paused the movie. I think mostly because it was time to get like dessert or something because we were eating. Mm. But at that point in time, I looked over to my wife and we talked about predictions towards the end of this movie. Mm. I definitely thought that we were going to get a little bit more Harlan Thrombey is like the mastermind behind all of this. He was planning to die, but like he had put up a whole lot more of like games and clues and things. Mm. That was my guess. Was that not that he was still alive, but that like we were going to find out that he had always intended to die or that he had like cancer or something and he was planning to just off himself early or something. Mm. Not the case. I was wrong. Right. And it's good to be wrong when predicting a movie.
0: Right. Right.
1: Did you have any predictions as you were watching it? Did you have any thoughts? Were you trying to figure out who done it? I knew it was too
0: obvious to have any of the actual family members kill him. Mm -hmm. I wasn't sure. I was just kind of watching it. Okay, you know, I, I really wasn't sure until obviously closer to the end, and I was like, "Oh, I guess it's." Well, you know what? Even with the medical examiner office getting burned down, all that, like, I still wasn't on to Chris Evans at that point because it still seemed like Chris Evans was trying to help her.
1: I was on to Chris Evans right then because he mentioned the like. Well, they're going to like probably send an email about uh, with the constructions like, instructions or something, and then she's like, "I do have an email." And I thought, well, that's a stretch. If he doesn't know anything about this, that he just thinks, like, they'll send you an email. Mm -hmm. And i was like, okay. And that feels like it's you. That's a good point. But I had no idea how he did all the other stuff. Like, I did not... The whole switching of the medicine, and she switched them back, and all that stuff was... Oh, yeah. It's complicated. Let me talk about something, Stephen. Oh, sure. Go ahead. you ready for this? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think, logistically... I think Harlan, played by Christopher Plummer, had a bad plan, which I think is part of the whole moral of the story of this, is that Christopher Plummer, although he had a soft heart for Marta, was flawed. Flawed in the way that he interacted with his family and was kind of always playing games with them, and the reason the whole family turned out miserable was probably because of, you know, part of it was there was not a whole lot of love in the home sort of thing that maybe he got softer in later years but his plan one it's bad that he killed himself when he could have lived that if he had listened and not been so into the excitement of the whole thing right he would still be alive but he set her up in a really bad way because his plan although it sounds smart for him to be like all right you go down the stairs pretend like you're me you go out the back you climb it up right as soon as you run a tox report on this guy's blood you will see an overdose of morphine Mm. which is her so by him never telling her that he changed the will to be her which put a target on her back for sure right the fact that he then was like oh yeah this will be the great way to do it Mm. instead of what he could have done is he could have brought someone up there and been like, he had the needle in his own arm and he said something to the, like, pushed her to the ground and be like, I want to die and like call someone up there or she calls for help and it looks like he o- OD'd himself. Right. But I'm just saying, none of her sneaking around and like her alibi being airtight, as soon as they do any sort of testing, for cause of death or anything, or maybe they wouldn't unless Daniel Craig was around, maybe they would have done it anyway, but I feel like she was done for, especially when the medical provider, which uh, my wife said, I think there's some unethical nature to, I don't think you're allowed to uh, include medical professionals in your will, I think, or maybe you're not allowed to, but it's not hmm. right because they hold such an influence over you as caretakers. Oh, interesting. Like hospice workers, et cetera. Huh? And I feel like he said he really put her in a bad place. That's just my opinion. Yeah.
0: It, it, yeah. It was nice. I mean, it was a you nice. You may disagree thought. with me. You may No, no, with no. Me. He had to try and come up with that whole plan and, you know, they had 8 minutes.
1: <laughs> right. <laughs> right.
0: They thought he was going to be dead in 8 minutes. Right.
1: It was flawed. He was flawed, but I think he looked back on his life and he's like, "What why where did I go wrong?" But he also the, the I pets. mean, he
0: he changed that will without the intention of dying. Right. You know, he ch- he changed the will with years ahead of them. Right. And he was going to tell the family himself, which would have made it clear to all of them. Like, they probably still would have hated Marta, but they at least would not have challenged her getting the inheritance one day. Right. Yeah, they would have had some years to get over it emotionally, you know, because he would have still been alive. So, yeah, I mean, yeah. Giving her everything, everything, <laughs> might, <laughs> might a little, maybe a little much.
1: I mean, yeah. You know, maybe maybe split some 60 of the money, million in the house and everything. Yes,
0: maybe give her and her family the house and a couple mill, <laughs> and then you spread the other mills between the other family members. I don't right.
1: know. Right? Remember they said this is our ancestral home. You yeah, like, that's hilarious. You bought it in the eighties. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's so funny. So, so is that what you feel the moral of the story is, or what is What is the? No,
1: I think the moral of the story is that I think that Marta never played the game that anyone else in the family played and they spoke about playing the game that baseball was an allegory as that kind of got tossed around by different people of everyone's playing the game everyone's in this rat race to try to win and get the money and she was trying to do what was right along the way with no regard for her eventual winning Mm. and i think that Worked out for her so much better than if she had followed Harlan's directions to the letter. Right. Like the fact that she didn't just like follow what he wanted to do and like try to get away with it. Like she was doing what was right in spite of the guy who had given her $60 million and a house and all this other stuff. I thought the moral of the story was basically like if you spend your life playing the game, trying to win, trying to better your own financial gain, all that stuff then you're just like part of this really corrupt and bad system. But if you're out there actually trying to do good with less regard for yourself, you'll end up with a $60 million. Right.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Always. That's guaranteed. That's the moral of the story. Yep. Yeah. Very good. I'm Tony Robbins and I approve. this. (laughs) All right, Nate, you ready to rate this movie? Let's do it on a scale. Of zero to five vials of morphine. Mm hmm. Zero to five vials of morphine. Nate, how would you rate
1: Knives Out? Steven, I'm going to give Ryan Johnson's Knives mm-hmm. Out 4.5 mm-hmm. vials. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. This movie was directed by Ryan Johnson. Right. This movie was written by Ryan Johnson. Oh, wow and the script is so smart Mm -hmm. it is so well written it's really a good movie it makes me actually want to go back and like see if i can try to appreciate last jedi the (laughs) ryan johnson uh star wars one you're right right. because i'm starting to think like maybe ryan johnson is a bit of a genius Maybe. Mm. I gotta look at this I gotta look at the Ryan Johnson back catalog. I'm there's not often times that I watch a movie and I'm quite impressed by the director or writer. hmm I was impressed in this movie. It had a bunch of goofy weird parts, had a little bit of um what's the Moonrise Kingdom guy? Wes Anderson sort of mm. vibes, kind of quirkiness from time to time, but a little bit more palatable. Wes Anderson gets a little weird for me. Mm-hmm. I I really enjoyed it, and I think Ryan Johnson might be a really, really good director, and Knives Out 2 has been confirmed, and I will see it, maybe in theaters this time.
0: Yeah, I would, I might do that. He directed and wrote Looper as
1: well. Yeah, now I got, see, I gotta look back and be like, did I like Looper? Maybe we'll do Looper on this podcast.
0: I think we should, I, we definitely need to do that. Man, Knives Out. I'm going to give Knives Out I keep doing the same ratings as you, Nate, and I, d- I don't want to do that. You don't have to. I don't do that. So I will say this. I asked my wife what she would rate it. Mm-hmm. I was expecting a low rating because mm-hmm. from someone like her, this is a weird movie. Mm. It's, you know, it's a little bizarre. It's just mm-hmm. some of the dialogue and characters, but she gave it a three out of five. Mm. Which Listeners, <laughs> if you're new to the show,
1: is actually as high as her ranking goes. We've never, we've never actually seen a four from your no, no, never. I, so we don't
0: even know. It might, yeah, that's right. It might end at three out of five, and not <laughs> right, not exactly. three out of three. I'm not saying three out of three. I'm saying three <laughs> no. out of five. Right, exactly. Th- that's the max.
1: Movies give her only sixty six
0: percent of joy capacity. <laughs> that's that's right. So the fact she, she and her words verbatim were great story, a little weird. That that was her review. <laughs>
1: It'd be a much shorter podcast,
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> if she was on the, but uh, but that was high praise. You know, she she watched it all the way through and uh, and you know enjoyed it to that point. So, but I'm gonna give this movie, I'm gonna give this movie a four point seven five.
2: Whoa, I'm gonna
0: give it really high because Nate, I, I literally cannot think of this genre, this kind of movie, what to have done differently. I thought it was funny. It was quippy. Like you said, the writing was great. Every character had a character. you know. Every character Mm -hmm. was was really in it, and and I appreciated every one of them. The main characters, especially Marta, Daniel Craig, and Chris Evans, killed it. It was an engrossing story. I had to watch it over two nights. Honestly, I I did not want to stop it because I was like, man, I really want to know what happens. You want to know, right. But I was very much looking forward to resuming it. And man, it was just great. It's satisfying ending that final frame with Marta standing on the balcony. With that coffee cup. She's holding the cup that says, my house, my rules. And the whole family is just staring up at her. And that's how the movie ends. Oh. Satisfying. Oh my goodness. So good. And Ryan Johnson said, you know, maybe Benoit Blanc is just a detective in a series of movies. Let me tell you, a la the detective that you mentioned earlier. I will watch all in a series of Benoit Blanc. That's correct. Movies. Mm, It was really good. Man, it's been a while since we've done a movie that good. I know. We don't often. uh... I I mean, we did Hunger Games. Hunger Games was really good. Even better than I remember. But man, knives out. Let me tell you. We had multiple. Yes, we had multiple suggestions for top fives from our wonderful listeners. Thank you all. We will get to all of them eventually. And we had one particular suggestion from Listener Jackson and Patreon supporter. And, and this was a great recommendation. He asked for top five airports. Top five airports. I think he understands that both Nate and I have traveled. Nate more so. But we've been to some airports. You know, we haven't just flown uh, out of, in and out of one one airport, if you know what I mean. And so I love this idea. Now, you said you might need some uh, assistance here of, of filtering
1: through your top five. That's correct. Okay. Okay. I do not... I mean, I don't have honorable mentions. I do have a top five. Mm-hmm. I, can, I can speak of various other ones. If you were to speak of them, I could, I could find some <laughs> positives in them. But I'm sometimes running through airports or connecting quickly through airports. So I don't get to feel the airport. See, this is where we differnate because
0: I have never been later than two hours early <laughs> to a flight.
1: You really get to explore
0: the space. Oh, yeah. I get to feel that airport from the ground up. Could you think of two worst airports? You have your top 5, but could you name one or two really bad ones? Um anything in New York. La- LaGuardia was on my list for worst. <laughs> LaGuardia and I also put LAX on my worst. I only flew through there once, but it was a harrowing
1: experience. So, I didn't mind it that much. There is part <laughs> actually there is part of O'Hare <laughs> that is kind of a a, a dark a seedy hallway. I believe it's where, like, spirit flies out of. Mm. Uh, for those who fly into O'Hare, if you ever find yourself in the K's, mm. no, maybe it's the L's.
0: That sounds terrible.
1: If you look up and you see, feel like you're in sort of a metal sarcophagus, <laughs> you'll know where you are. It's a dark, dismal place with the Starbucks with the worst service in the world. I see. It's there. Otherwise, but O'Hare does not get my worst because it has some fine some fine parts to it as well mm. it just has a couple has a couple little uh terminal areas that uh, you must never go there simba oh yeah orlando is up and down for me right orlando has the kind of concept where you take a shuttle out to uh, like a little hub uh the the type of crowds at orlando oh, are the most stressful yes
0: that that security checkpoint is one of the worst let's be real
1: They get, they get you through quick, but I think sometimes they're just like, all right, don't take off your shoes. Don't take out your bags. We just need to walk you through there. It's like, we're getting, we're giving up on security to get you and your goofy slippers through the checkpoint. Also, when you're out, a very important thing in basically all airports to me is power plugs, because when you are flying on planes, sometimes they don't have the outlets. You need outlets in your airport. They need to be readily accessible. Orlando has the type of outlet situation where you end up like sitting on the floor next to a giant pillar that you have like a plug (laughs) next to the trash can and you're sort of tethered there for a bit. Nate, do you actually catch yourself doing
0: that? Will you sit down on the floor on next to a pillar? Oh yeah. Nate, you understand my, my love of technology. Nate, if even if every single one of my devices had negative 1% battery, I would not be caught dead sitting on the floor next to.
1: We live very different lives, Stephen. Would you ever plug in your phone and leave your phone right there and keep an eye on it?
0: I, I might do that.
1: But, I mean,
0: let's be honest, I also travel with three external batteries uh, wherever I go. So Okay. <laughs> I could literally charge the plane while it flew in the air if I needed to. <laughs>
1: so <laughs> Yeah. All right, let's fly through these because I have to actually go pretty soon.
0: Oh man. Okay. Well, let me just two Three quick things. Uh, Tel
1: Aviv. See how I said fly through these because it's airports. See what I did? Oh,
0: that was pretty good. That was very good. Tel Aviv has some of the craziest security I've ever seen. Just a point of information. I flew through Luxor, Egypt, and I flew out of this tiny airport in Luxor. Mm. The least security I have ever seen. Didn't even have to put my bag through a metal detector. That was curious. (laughs) And an honorable mention is Tampa. Tampa. Uh, tampa is always a great airport it's quick to get through not great restaurant choices once you get to the terminal side but uh
1: satisfying nonetheless so anyway give me your number five uh actually before i do that i thought of some couple honorable mentions uh amsterdam uh i think it's called Schiphol airport i believe mm, nice great efficient uh security line and overall an enjoyable uh setup there in amsterdam oh wow okay okay my number five is houston Mm -hmm. i don't know the names of these airports sorry i didn't do that much research i was actually just uh i just uh went through houston a couple days ago quite a bit of restaurant potential Mm -hmm. now if you have the time which i've never had the time it feels like there are some a couple good places i think i just went to like an einstein bagel Mm -hmm. while i was there i didn't have a whole lot of time but a reasonable waiting areas, uh, you didn't feel like you were in like a pandemic World War Z when you're sitting at the, <laughs> sometimes everything's nice until you get to the gate and then the gate's kind of like, uh, you know, the last bus out of uh, Wachovia. <laughs> Wait, Wachovia? Is that the place from, what? The, what's the city in uh, <laughs> Avengers that they're trying to evacuate? <laughs>
0: Wachovia was the old bank that changed to Wells Fargo. (laughs) Wait a minute. Age of
1: Ultron. Oh yeah, what was I trying to say? Hold on a second. Age of Ultron. Sokovia, yeah, Sokovia. Sokovia. No, Wachovia. That's hilarious. Okay. Yeah, I chose a fictional country I didn't want to be. All right, my number five
0: is Frankfurt, Germany. I flew... In and out of Frankfurt, let me tell you, the German efficiency, second to none. Mm. That's security. And they have like crazy technology for bringing the bins back for when you're going through TSA. And there's like always a constant supply of bins. They do it right. You know, they didn't run out. Very clean airport and really nice design. So, yeah, Frankfurt, Germany is my number five.
1: Love it. They probably design it so that you can never lay down in it. I think they're just like every bench has a ridge on it, every seat has a high. A high armrest. I think you might be right. (laughs) Just like how they do for uh, on the ledges of roofs. They put those little nails so that pigeons can't perch. I think they do that for a human version in airports. All right.
0: What's number four?
1: All right. Number four for me is Atlanta. Oh, wow. Now, Atlanta is Mm -hmm. big. It's that large size airport and pretty hectic, but it tends to have a... I don't know. It has kind of a relaxing feel to it. It's huge, Mm -hmm. but it is relatively clean and um, has great eating options. As you can tell, restaurants are uh, kind of a theme for me. It's a big deal. Big deal. And I never feel like I have to jog for 20 miles through the airport like Mm. Dallas, for example, or take a train around a million turns. So Atlanta's number four.
0: Also adding in my honorable mentions, Dallas Love Field. D-A-L, which is different than D-F-W, Dallas-Fort Worth. Mm. Dallas Love Field has a Whataburger in its food court still. <laughs> I flew there this past October. Uh, just wanted to point that out. Love it. I also know all the three-letter three call signs for all these airports, Nate. So I would... Uh, Perfect. Yeah, you need to brush up on your, on your um, whatever those are, call signs. <laughs> okay, my number four, EWR, Newark, New Jersey. Mm. It is both a fascinating place, especially the International Terminal. They recently remodeled. I flew through there a couple of years ago going to Israel. iPads everywhere. There's literally an iPad bolted in front of almost every chair yeah. in the entire terminal. It's
1: becoming more popular. It is yeah. both
0: dystopian and troubling and incredible and amazing. And they have the self-checkout food court. You can like gamble on those. Oh, my goodness. They have
1: like gambling Well, cool. You can order
0: food. You can order food whatever you want. Right. And so it's both incredible and terrifying.
1: So uh, number four, Newark, New Jersey. Very good. I want to throw in here. Uh, I have been to, if I've flown into Key West before, it is like walk off the plane You're
0: on the beach, onto
1: the tarmac, uh, walk into it, and there is literally like a margarita like booth Jimmy Buffett's. when you get into the, like before you get to the, the baggage claim. Yeah, I'm sure. It's, it's the size of a large house in Key West. <laughs> That's, all right, number three. All right. My number three is Seattle. Now, both Seattle and Portland have kind of a, a vibe to them that I really enjoy in airports. Now, I've never had to connect through them, so I don't know the feeling of kind of being in a rush. Right. But I've always gotten to there with a decent amount of time. I think Atlanta has a, a that nice... It has. It doesn't necessarily have the restaurant potential that the other places have, but it has like the snack, the snack and coffee. Oh, okay. I think maybe it's that coffee flavor that I get in there. I'm just like in that kind yeah. of an artisanal cup of something. The Pacific Northwest, makes sense. What's going for them is that they're not as big as some of these other right. ones. So they're kind of that mid size that make me feel a little more relaxed. Right. My
2: number
0: three is SWF. It stands for the Stewart Airport. <laughs> It's the Stewart Airport. I believe it is. It's the- run out of someone's backyard. <laughs> literally, Nate, this was the airport I flew in and out of all through college. I would fly to Florida and back for Thanksgiving, Christmas, and all that. It is literally the smallest airport I've ever seen. Maybe rivaling Key West, but there's literally. I don't know. Go to, I'll to Key West sometime. Go check it out. But there's two gates. That's it. Mm-hmm. And it is all kind of one big room. It's not like you walk somewhere else for the second gate it's just one big room
1: so small so fast what's the food options what's the food options none <laughs> you, get, you see, get none see that I wouldn't even make a top five for me but you got to be able it's to so eat So
0: small and easy to get in and out and i just nostalgia factor from college so S- stewart airport it's my
1: number three okay if we're going to do that then then bloomington airport <laughs> bloomington illinois <Okay>. congratulations <laughs> you made it You've done it. It's call sign is B-O-O. Boo. <laughs> okay, go ahead. I'm going to go with number two. I'm going to go with Tampa yeah. International it's Airport. pretty good. TPA. TPA. It is nicely run all the way through from first to last. They have also renovated some of their eating options mm-hmm. as you get towards the yep, gates. Yep. So I did an American and They got a new Chick-fil-A in there, and a New York pizza, and a Gasparilla, a like pirate-themed little bar area. Plenty of charging ports for the phone. Uh, A couple coffee spots near the gates. Because if you go to an airport and there's nothing near the gates, I like to have eyes on the gate that I'm leaving out of. And if I can possibly eat or sit down or get coffee and still have that gate in sight... It makes for a more relaxing experience, Mm -hmm. and so I don't have to, like, you know, I know if they change gates, or I know if things get delayed right away. I like to have that, uh, I like to see people line up Mm. like losers trying to get on a plane (laughs) so they can sit longer inside of a plane. (laughs) Priority boarding. You got to be kidding me. (laughs) That's hilarious.
0: Well, my number two is CDG. Do you know what call sign that is? Charles de Gaulle. That's right, Charles de Gaulle. Paris, Paris, France. I have never visited
1: Paris, the city.
0: I've only flown through Charles de Gaulle Airport. But let me tell you, that terminal is beautiful.
1: It is nice. Add it to my, I'll slide it into five and slide Houston into my honorable (laughs) mention.
0: It's like an all glass, the terminal I was in, just the entire ceiling was glass. It is beautiful. And I could even see the Eiffel Tower in the far distance. But it was incredible. So I wish I'll have to go to Paris one day, but that airport is incredible. CDG is
1: my number two. Wonderful. Wonderful, wonderful. Give me your one. My number one is Charlotte. Charlotte? Charlotte. Interesting. Okay. Let me tell you something. CLT. They have one thing that puts them over the top. Okay. They have rocking chairs (laughs) in the natrium. (laughs) Of all the things you are about to say, I would not have thought. Nope. That's it. They have rocking chairs and atrium, atrium, and they have that great, fast, casual setup where you don't have to sit down, but they have a lot of great places to grab a bite like that. It, things that are in that pop belly mm, standpoint. Interesting.
0: That's your number one, huh? Okay.
1: That's it. That's my number All one. My number one. Are you going to be like Tokyo? No. My number one. You're more of a world traveler than me.
0: My number one is LHR. Do you know what that is?
1: L- yes. Yes. No.
0: London Heathrow. the London Heathrow Airport
1: what about Gatwick does Gatwick Uh, get any love from you I've
0: never been to Gatwick I haven't flown through there but anyway Heathrow is an incredible airport it is massive and totally annoying to get around but I've had some amazing cups of coffee in that (laughs) airport
1: (laughs) Your reasoning for picking these different things are listen, just all over listen the, the map. Technology, you went from, amazing. this is small, and this is so easy to get in and out yes. of, this four-plane airport, too. Right. I love the fact that this place is terrible to get around, and it's huge. It's oh, it's so cumbersome. annoying. I never knew. But I love the coffee. I never knew where I was.
0: But listen, it was beautiful. There was so much technology <laughs> around. They have an amazing app. Listen, let me tell you, that app for the airport, the best the best I've ever seen, oh, let me tell you.
1: And that was the first place I had a... Also... Uh, what? I'm just saying, PSA for airports. If you're not offering free Wi-Fi these oh, days... forget about it. You can no longer f- be... You f- You flew into Dubai. Was that not a memorable experience? I did. Oh, it was great. Just average. It was great and fine. Hmm. I mean, but you have to remember that when going there, there was some sort of level of sleep deprivation. True. Yeah. So you don't get to experience, I think all of the European uh, airports, they have a hazy Mm. memory surrounding them because it involved me, you know, watching movies like Knives Out all night and sleeping for three hours.
0: Pretty sure Dubai is not in Europe, but I get your point.
1: (laughs) I said, just like the, oh yeah, did I say other European? I did. (laughs) it. did. I'm leaving that in.
0: All right. Anyway, listener Jackson, thank you so much for that top five idea. Thank you. And thank you for all of you who gave top five ideas. We will get to them in the coming episodes. Let us know what you would like to hear, what movies, what other top fives on Instagram at movies on the side. That's the best place to message us and comment on the post. And give us a five-star rating in Apple Podcast if you could with a comment. Thank you, listener Jessica, for leaving that five-star rating recently. We really appreciate it. And thanks for joining us.
1: Knives out. Knives out.